Welcome to Sexual Health Matters. We acknowledge that the land that we are recording on is the traditional land of the Ghana people, and we honour their ongoing spiritual and cultural relationship with their country. We pay respects to the Ghana elders past and present. We also extend our acknowledgement to the traditional custodians of all the lands across Australia, and pay our respects to all Aboriginal elders past and present. Welcome to Sexual Health Matters and the second of our podcasts on sex and intimacy after having a baby. My name is Edwina Chikimovitz and I'm part of the clinical and community education team at Shine SA. I'm also a registered nurse and midwife. Having a baby can be a life-changing experience bringing joy and fulfilment along with big changes and some challenges. In the first podcast in this series, Shine SA's Pauline Cassar spoke with Cassie, who shared her experience of becoming a mother and the changes in the relationship with her partner. Today, we'll be exploring sex and intimacy after a baby from a different perspective. Many people welcome a newborn into their lives through being the partner of someone who's given birth or through adoption, surrogacy or fostering a child. Understanding and considering these alternative perspectives is vital for health professionals and others supporting new parents as they negotiate challenges to their relationships. Today I'd like to welcome Puff, who's going to share with us their story of becoming a parent and the impact this has had on relationships and intimacy. Welcome Puff. Hi. Thank you for joining us and sharing your story. Can you start by maybe telling us a little bit about your family? Okay, so my immediate family is myself, my partner, and my almost seven-year-old son. Oh, wow, that's lovely. Can you maybe tell us um, how you came about having your son in your life? Sure. So I've always been really close with my siblings. I'm the eldest of seven and they're split up over two families. When I was about 16, I found out I couldn't have children. So when my younger brother had his second daughter at her first birthday, his then wife sat down with us at the dinner table and said that she wanted to have a baby for me. She wanted to be a surrogate for me. So we had a big discussion. We talked about how it would impact her mentally, how it would impact me mentally because I was single at the time. Uh, how it would impact my life, just a lot of different things. We chose my brother as the donor because he obviously looks a lot like me and I wanted the baby to look a lot like me. So, yeah, a few months after that, they got the ball rolling and they essentially had my son for me. He was about six months cooking in the womb when my girlfriend and I started dating. We'd been friends for a little while and we started dating. By the time my son was born, we'd only just started like in that really sweet honeymoon period where everything is just, you just can't keep your hands off each other. You just want to be in bed all the time. Then he came along. Enjoying one another. Yeah, definitely enjoy one another. Everything was so brand new. I'd had some really rough relationships before that. So we took our time. But yeah, it, it was very hectic. I suddenly found myself a mother and a partner. And it was, yeah, it was a big upset to my little world. <laughs> Wow, that's certainly an exciting one and probably lots of challenges and upheavals. Yeah, definitely. It threw my world in a massive spin. I had decisions to make, not just decisions to make, I had a whole lifestyle to readapt to. It was unique. Wow. So here you are in this new relationship and taking on a new baby. How did your partner react? Was there changes in your relationship? And going from this time where you were enjoying each other and having a really good intimate relationship, was that impacted as well? 
definitely she was amazing we were friends she knew that what my brother and my ex-sister-in-law were doing and she was just amazed but I have a lot of issues with abandonment and I have a lot of issues with jealousy so when we were first talking about it this was something else that we had to deal with was the fact that I was adamant that my son was my son he was not hers in any way shape or form if we stayed together then that would be discussed but she needed to understand that once he was born he was mine and she essentially had no saying anything that happened with him you know I was very very not obsessed but I was very like I was I'd never thought I was going to have a child so this child coming into my life it was like you know you need to take a back seat to him for a little while until I sort out my own head and stuff and she was amazing with that like she had no problems doing any of that she just did exactly what I asked of her and yeah it was really helpful because like I said I had all these issues with jealousy and abandonment and so not only did I have to worry about this brand new love life that I had going on in the back of my head I'm like oh you know she's only going to hang around for a certain amount of time and then she's going to leave but I also had this gift that was given to me that I'm like oh my god I have to you know look after this living breathing thing as well and it was very confusing few months. Right it sounds like you had the basis of a really good communication though with your partner in that you could set your boundaries and that you did open that discussion to negotiate that is that right? 100%. I think part of the reason that a lot of my relationships previously had not gone well was because people tend to keep things bottled up in general. Not just me, but no one seems to think that what they are feeling or what they are thinking is important enough to actually open up their mouth and talk about it. Mm -hmm. It's a really big downfall, I feel. So when my partner and I first got together, I was completely open with her, not so much about my feelings because it took me a long time to work on that, but more so about what I needed out of our relationship because I figured if I laid it all out on the table and put it right there, then I wouldn't have to worry about it and worry about my child at the same time. I could purely focus on my child. If I told my partner my expectations and what I needed and what I wanted and she wanted to give those things to me, then she would essentially be just helping me instead of being like, a worry kind of thing. That's excellent. So communication is definitely a huge key is what I'm getting from that. Yeah, 100%. We wouldn't have been able to do it if there was no communication. We would have broken up. So how did you negotiate expectations of intimacy to make time for yourself and your partner or to negotiate when time might be possible down the track? And was there any outside influences or expectations that you felt the pressure from? I did. I felt like not so much pressure, but I was really confused because my partner and I had such a open line of communication. Sex wasn't really a problem. We've never had a problem with regards to sex. It was like, you know, if neither of us wanted to do it, there was no fear of rejection from the other person. We would just say, like, I don't feel like it or, you know, whatever. But with the baby coming into it, essentially, if he was asleep, it was okay. If he was not asleep, then it was not okay. But we kept getting offers for him to be babysat so we could have like alone time but I never really took them up on that because number one he was such a good baby that he just came everywhere with us anyway and didn't really impact our intimacy like I had no problem sitting there cuddling my partner and my baby at the same time like it to me it didn't feel wrong so we, we never really took him up on that the intimacy is still there like he's almost seven and he will still now crawl into bed with us in the mornings and has no problem like cuddling us and we have no problem cuddling him there's boundaries of course like when sex is a thing there's definitely boundaries
boundaries, but intimacy, like family intimacy, was never a problem. Yeah, I think our sex life kind of just rolled on that essentially if the baby was asleep, then we were fine kind of thing. If the baby was awake, we weren't. It's just, it's just how it went. Given that neither you or your partner physically gave birth to your child, was there any body image changes or role changes or anything that eventuated that changed your view of of yourself or others or your partner's view of yourself or any expectations that way? I don't think so. Not really body images. It was mainly just the image of what I had in my head for myself, more so than anything. Like I wanted to make sure, number one, I was being a good mother, but number two, that people still saw me as a human outside of being a mother, especially my new partner, who I didn't want to just look at me and go, oh yeah, she's just a mum now. Like she's no longer sexy. She's no longer attractive to me. She's just a mum. I definitely didn't want her to feel like that, but because there was no physical changes to either of us, I think it was much easier to get around that barrier. I think if I had given birth, I probably would have been a lot more hung up and uncomfortable on it. So did you go along to mother's groups or did you have anybody else that had young children that you could mingle with or were there any barriers or any facilitators to you adapting into your role? Uh, Yeah, so my cousin has two kids who are a little bit older than my son. Um, My partner's sister has a couple of kids and the youngest is only six months older than my son. So we had a lot of people around us who had younger children and um, I tended to follow my cousin's lead a lot. She had a playgroup that she took her kids to. So I started taking my son there when he was only one. You know, we got him into swimming lessons when he was six months old. We tried to give him as much outside influence as possible. Yeah, you know, sometimes you can feel alone in raising a child when, you know, you haven't been the one to physically give birth. And some people, even if the birth hasn't gone along to the stereotypical norm of how a birth should happen, there's that additional adaptation, you know, of not feeling quite like you fit with other mums because you don't have those birth stories to share or, yeah. you know. I've been really lucky. I'm not going to lie. Like, I know that some parents can feel really alone. Mm-hmm. Talking to some of my friends who don't have children, they're like, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do if something goes wrong. And suddenly I found myself saying, look, there's a blue book that you get and on the back there's all these numbers you can call and you can always call me and just like offering them support for kids that are not even born yet. And I had that from day one. Like no one looked at me like I was anything but my son's mother. It didn't matter that he didn't come from my body to anyone that knew the story and for everyone who doesn't know the story he looks so much like me that they just don't question it so I I got really lucky with that like I had a lot of support and a lot of people with their hands out to help me out if I ever needed it and not one of them ever once said I was not his mother so I lucked out really hard there That's fantastic. Yeah, it sounds like you've got an amazing family and quite strong support networks. And also you seem quite good at providing support to others. So that's really fantastic. Would you have any advice to new parents regarding sex and intimate relationships? Um, just go with what you feel. Honestly, it was really hard to snap from that honeymoon period to, you know, working around a child. It was it was really difficult because we'd only just started the honeymoon period. It wasn't even that we were coming out of it. It was that we couldn't keep our hands off each other. And then suddenly there was a tiny little human with a heartbeat and eyes and body that demanded our attention. And it was really hard to switch from one to the other. And I found that just being open about the whole thing, like he was five weeks old and he 
needed surgery and mentally the stuff we had to go through, especially me because I couldn't write down that I was his mother. I didn't have him on my Medicare card yet. Like that was a really harrowing time. And at the end of the day, we both took him away from the hospital. And I distinctly remember that night putting him to bed and yeah, we cuddled up and we had sex. Like he was in bed and it was just this amazing feeling of connection and everything being okay in the world. And just be open about what you need. And if the other person really does care about you, I mean, myself and my partner, we've been together for seven years now. And, you know, not once did we have we ever had an argument on our roles with our son. Like a few times, especially now, she's as much his mother as I am, 100%. And I will occasionally overstep my boundary. And there's no argument. There's just a discussion about it later. She's like, you know, that kind of upset me when you did that. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I didn't realise I did it. There's no I'm sorry buts in our relationship. There's just this I'm sorry and then we move on. So, yeah, with sex, I would just be completely open about what you need. And if the other person cares about you, they'll give it to you or they will talk to you back about why they can't. Wow. That's amazing, Puff, because just in that, you've carried us on that journey where originally you were, this is my son, and now you're saying this is our son and and we're both equally parents. And also the the communication and the love that you have for each other as well as your son is just so powerful there. That's just lovely. Is there anything else you'd like to add at all? Um, I think if I had been a single mother, if my partner wasn't in the picture, I'd probably still feel this way. I would obviously no doubt be a little bit more protective of the fact that he is just my son. But I honestly think the last like 10 years of my life and especially the last six and a half that he's been alive, the communication with everyone is the key. You don't need to blurt out every little thing that's going on in your mind, but every single person's feelings are valid. And I think that people need to understand that, especially for women that like give birth my ex-sister-in-law I watched her emotions after we had my son she was like her emotions were just screaming so women that actually give birth but like the natural way I can only imagine that their emotions would be up and down and all over the place and especially when it would come to sex my biggest advice to anyone that has a new baby is you know it's going to be hard enough to look after the baby let alone trying to look after the other relationships in your life so just be honest with the adults handle it fantastic that's great so thanks so much for sharing your story with us puff no worries it is really important for people to hear these different experiences and perspectives because you know as your story shows life's about helping each other being there for one another and there is no one size fits all no definitely not everyone has their own story and everyone has their own path exactly yep so Shine Essays recently updated our booklet on sex and intimacy after having a baby. It's available through clinics, our resource centre and on the Shine Essay website. So thanks again, Puff, and thanks everybody for listening. Please check out our other Sexual Health Matters podcast for information on questions that you've always wanted to ask. Sexual Health Matters is a podcast produced by Shine Essay under funding by Country Essay Primary Health Network. For more information about sexual health, please visit www.shinesa.org.au.